Hello, and welcome back to the world's quietest podcast. That's a complete joke. My name is Wing This Valkyrie, and on my right here is Rafixix, and we are here to entertain you and talk to you to the best of our capabilities without once being silent ever. You thought this was the world's quietest podcast. You are incorrect. Welcome back, everybody. How y'all doing? I hope everyone's having a great day. I'm having a good day. I've had breakfast, which was a croissant with sausage and tomato and egg and cheese, and it was delicious. And then I had an ice cap made with chocolate milk instead of cream, because why are you getting ice caps with cream? It's 2019. Get your ice caps made with chocolate milk. What's wrong with you? And uh, I don't know why I'm going on a tangent here, but it's time to fill the empty void of your life with podcasts. And you know you have that empty void, because why else are you here to fill that empty void with podcasts? Jackson, you want to say anything? We are not an ASMR podcast. We are not an ASMR <laughs> podcast, but we could be. We could be. <laughs> uh, I think that's terrifying for both of us. So. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I be the greatest AS. This could be the greatest ASMR podcast. Just come up here and then like, what's what could I do for example? I need. Um, well, actually, for a perfect example, I'm just gonna take the pop filter off my microphone here for a second. I apologize. That wasn't that loud. I could sit here and just kind of. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I, where did I go? Hello? Hello? Can you I still can hear, hear you. Me? Okay. Yes. To me, it sounded like I shorted out for... Oh, there... There we go. i tapping my microphone, shorts it out. I need a new microphone. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, we've been having issues for like the past month yeah, and a half. Yeah, all I did is... I, I, like, I, there's the gain knob in the back here. I just lightly tapped that, and then I, I could hear a little... And then my voice just went really freaking quiet. Oh, there it goes again. And, and there we come. Nope, come on, come on. Okay, there we go. So, uh, eventually I will upgrade this microphone. But what I was trying to ex show as an example is that I could just, like, because a lot of ASMR stuff, they do, like, tapping or crinkles or, like, random stuff like that. So I could just kind of go up here and just kind of... <laughs> Welcome back. I don't think anybody's here for that. <laughs> no, but anybody listening on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast will be hearing this, and they will be like, oh, this wasn't what I subscribed for, but I'm but I'm, I'm into it. So I'll just sit here and just constantly just drag my nails over the over the grill of my microphone here. Is, is this doing anything for you, Jackson? Setting off any setting off any tingles or anything? Uh, no. I just wanted to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, if anybody enjoy... Oh, I, touch, I can't touch certain parts of this microphone now. I've, 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 I've learned that about this. Jesus. Come, come back. Come back. Come back. Can you hear what's happening on your end? Yes, or, I Okay. Can. Okay, I was like, is not just me that's hearing this awfulness? Okay, hold on. Come back to full volume, please. Come on. Come on. It's like freaking touching like uh, cables to a car trying to jumpstart it. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Take the power already. Come on. Why are you like this? Why are you like... Th oh, there we go. Okay, I fixed it. Just not touching that... Just not touching that gain knob anymore. That's that's what we've learned. Don't touch the gain knob. It shorts out the microphone. Because nice. cause reasons. All right. So, anywho... um. What was I saying? Yeah, so if anybody wants that ASMR podcast and you thoroughly enjoyed the little demo I gave you there, uh, go down to Anchor 
Leave us a voicemail on your Anchor app, which is free to download or free to use off of your internet or free on Android or iTunes. Download Anchor. Find the Wings and Wrists Totally Unstructured podcast. Go ahead and leave us a voice message telling us, hey, I really enjoyed that ASMR. Could you do that? And we will play it live on stream, your voice to be heard, and we will oblige as long as it's not anything weird. And no, I'm not going to give an example. Just you know what you mean when I say nothing weird. (laughs) We understand. We, we you know. understand. Yeah, we understand. You understand. There's no need to to express. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> so, it is another Tuesday. It is another week has gone by. It is July. It is very warm outside. And uh, yeah, fuck. Do you have Do you have built-in air conditioning in your apartment though? That is a negative. I have two windows and a fan, and that's it. Okay, so you're similar to me then, because like. My my building, I don't. I'm pretty sure it's just broken. I think it's supposed to have built-in AC. It has built-in heating, and the well, unit. Yeah, because yeah, every well, house does. Okay, well, yes, but it, it has built-in heating. <laughs> but the little the device we use to control the heating also has a, a unit of control for cooling. But that has never worked in like the three years I've lived in this building. So I don't know if it's just broken or if just the panel that's connected to the heater just has a cooling option and it was never hooked up i don't know i have no way to figure that out so i just have my fan going off behind me and then i have a little portable ac unit that i keep in the kitchen next to the back uh window there because i can't put in the living room because those windows are shut solid there's no way to open them they're just there so Mm -hmm. it's really it's really sucks it does work it's it does its job for the kitchen and partially, ever so slightly, for the living room. No other part of this house it does anything work for. Um, I can't put it in this room. I tried that while I was streaming one day, and I blew the breaker. So. Oh, I guess that makes sense. You have a shit ton of electronics. Yeah, I have here. all kinds of electronics going off in this room, and then I tried to add a portable AC unit to it, and I blew the breaker. So, can't run that in here. Hell no. Can't do that in here, where I spend 80% of my time which is really freaking awful. And I can't run it even closer either because there's no windows near me aside from that one. So, oh well. By, by, that, one, uh, by that one, people listening in audio, I pointed directly in front of me because my window is right behind my desk. So, It's a very nice window. I've seen it. No, you haven't. I had freaking blinds and, and blankets t- tied up and nailed to it. I haven't seen that window in years. I've had it covered forever. Actually, I actually made a cover for it in a YouTube video you guys can see. I think it was, I can't remember what the video was called, but I know the thumbnail was me in a gray top hat. And I think it was like Cleaning Vlog was the name of it or something. But at the end of Cleaning Vlog, I took a stapler and I took an old black um, blanket and I just stapled gunned it over the blind. And I was like, no more fucking sunlight. I'm going to be a white albino for the rest of my days. So that was it. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> And yeah, and that wasn't even good enough. And now I put up another blanket on top of it as well. And then behind the two blankets, I threw an old pillow. The old pillow was mainly just to like muffle the sounds of the street coming down the road every time I'm recording for voiceover work. Because that window is fucking thin as shit. I can hear people to this day still having a full-blown conversation on the sidewalk as they walk past my house. And I have two blankets nailed to this freaking window, plus a, <laughs> plus a pillow behind those blankets to try and deaden the sound as best I can. It does work, because I could, I could sit here with nothing up there and just the window, and I heard everything going outside. 
everything. People talking to their dogs ever so slightly as they walk down the street. Everything. Now, as, if they're talking at a normal volume, I can hear that people are talking, but I can't discern what words they're saying. So it's working, but it's by no means soundproofed, which is unfortunate. I just kind of, every time I'm doing voiceover work, as soon as I hear a car, I just stop the recording. And I have to go, fuck, and wait. And then with people as well. It's very annoying. But... Can only imagine. But it does something. It's not useless. Thank you, blankets and pillow. Hang in there. As they're stapled to the top of the fucking window. Anyway. Thank you, Aqua. What? Useless. Oh, yes, useless. Anybody who doesn't know, we're talking, we're talking about Konosuba. And a, and a, a, dem, a, go, a god named Aqua who... Goddess. Goddess. That's very sorry. specific. <laughs> a goddess named Aqua from the show who, at the beginning, seems like a pretty powerful being, but is actually useless. She, Worse she is, than useless. She is, she is less than useless. She is a goddess... But the most useless goddess that ever existed. So, and that's that's all we'll say about that. If you want to learn more about Aqua or Konosuba in general, uh, take a look for Konosuba. I don't know if it's on Crunchyroll. I know it's on Kiss Anime. Oh, it, it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure Crunchyroll has it for sure. Kiss Anime has it, and it's actually dubbed now. Oh, it so. is dubbed. Yep. Good, because I stopped watching it because I because I I prefer watching dubbed over subbed. I've actually gotten to the point where I prefer sub over for most things. For others, I, I can't stand it. But there's some dubs that are just so bad. I, I just can't do it. That's fair. I mainly, I prefer dubbed over sub strictly so that I can pay attention to what's actually happening and not constantly have my eyes at the bottom of the screen reading words. See, I used to be that way, but now it's I've gotten used to it. So I'm able to guess what's going on. Uh, and yes, sushi kiss anime is the best. Kiss anime is great if you have a good ad blocker. <laughs> yeah. And even most ad blockers, when you open up kiss anime, kiss anime just won't open because the ad blocker yeah. will be like, "We won't open this website." Not even we will block the ads on the website while you peruse it. No, we just won't open the website. I get yeah. why kiss anime has so many goddamn abs, abs ads because like. You can watch virtually any anime you want for free without mm -hmm. paying and you watch dubbed or subbed whole seasons. Every anime show you want is probably on Kiss Anime for free. Mm -hmm. But of course, because it's free, Kiss Anime has to make money somehow. So the whole website is just littered with ads and that is how Kiss Anime makes its money, which I get it. Mm -hmm. It's fair. You gotta do what you gotta do, and I thank you very much for all the free shows you've provided with me. But god damn. And those ads are usually, uh... The, ad, the ads the are... questionable side. Yeah, the ads are not... They're Kid not friendly. Facebook ads <laughs> or YouTube ads. They, they are the lowest of low ads, but... Oh yeah, definitely. But, from Kiss Anime's perspective, if they don't break the website and they get paid very well for them, I would just let them go as well. Because I'd be like, everyone gets to watch anime for free, we still make money off of everyone enjoying free stuff, as long as none of you are stupid enough to click these ads, have at her. So, that is. Or have poor reactions enough. Yeah. Or just have <laughs> no... that's usually how they get you. Yeah. 
or you just have no self-control. This game is so addicting, and it has a girl with, like, the least amount of clothing. Negative clothing. <laughs> Negative clothing. The least amount of clothing possible for a female to have. And it's like, this game is so addicting. Like, you won't stop playing it. It's like, is this even a game? Really? <laughs> I don't think there's any game here. I think I'm going to click this ad and I'm going to be asked to put in my credit card info and my life is going to go down from there. But I got to watch all of Konosuba dubbed for free. <laughs> so win win. Oh, win for lose. free, lose for, his life. For, <laughs> for free. Well, you, you didn't pay for Konosuba. You paid for that virtual anime chick who wore negative clothing. So... Even if she looked like Aqua or not, doesn't matter. That's on you. <laughs> That's your kink. Yeah. Or Megamoon. Megamine. However the fuck you want to pronounce her name. Megamine. 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 And, if, and if it was Megamine with negative clothing, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand people who like fucking lollies. <laughs> and you never will, my friend. I never will. For our non-anime viewing audience. We're going to explain what a lot. Well, I'm going to explain what a lolly is for you, all of you today. <laughs> so, oh, geez. so we're already this degenerate this far <laughs> into the street. Huh? So, so, ladies and gentlemen, in anime or even manga, a lolly is what is referred to as an underaged girl. I, I don't know if it's a girl and guy. Maybe it's uh, just girl. Guys are shodas. Right, guys are shodas. Okay, so yeah, so an underage girl is considered a lolly. L O L I. Why? I don't know. I don't look that far into it. How, what I do know, however, is that for whatever reason, lollies tend to be extremely popular with people who enjoy anime, mainly men. And I don't know why. Because literally what a lolly is, is an underaged girl. So, and they, and it's not that they don't look underage. No, no, no. They look underaged. They look like they're 12. Some of the animes tried to get stupid around it by the way. Like, oh no, she's 500 years old or whatever the fuck and stuff. Like, sure. Okay, fine. Whatever. But she doesn't look 500 years old. She looks like she's 10. And for whatever reason... Everyone seems to love these 10-year-old lolly girls. And I don't understand why, because it's fucking creepy and it's fucking weird. Like, perfect example, Konosuba, once again. In Konosuba, there's the main dude, who's a great guy in his own ways. Kazuma. Kazuma, he's a great guy in his own ways. True equality, all that good shit. <laughs> True equality. <laughs> but then he, and then he has his... Quote unquote harem is essentially a harem. It's three girls, but it's a harem. Let's be honest. He has his harem. In... He no. has his posse. He has his posse of. He has his party. Party. He, whatever you fucking want to call him. That is I, what they call it. Yeah, that's what he calls it, but he steals panties from them. So let's be honest. <laughs> it's his posse almost harem. So he has Aqua, who is the demigod, the useless demigod. She is not underaged. Um, she as looks, you know. as far as we know, like demigod, so probably stupidly old in the show's running. But she visually, in the art style, looks like probably... L I'd say the youngest would be like 18. Legal. 
youngest. She looks old enough to be legal, which is fair. I'm okay with that. So if people want to lewd Aqua and make and have feelings for Aqua and just be like overly sexually attracted to Aqua, sure. That, as far as I'm concerned, is fine. Same goes for Darkness, the other girl. She is much older than Aqua, visually. <laughs> she, she is visually much older than Aqua, and just, yeah, people enjoy Darkness. Darkness is probably my favorite character as well, just because she is great. I'm not going to explain why any further reasons. <laughs> if, if you want to find out why Darkness is great, you can watch Konosuba yourself. And then there's yeah, Megumin. <laughs> and then there's Megumin. Megumin looks like she's 12. She acts like she's 12. I think in the show, she's actually... She is 16. She's 16 in the show? Okay, still not legal. So. Still not legal. So... She, she is on the petite side of things. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> but she she is what is considered a lolly. And I don't understand why, but everybody who's ever watched Konosuba, for the majority, the vast majority of people, when they say their favorite girl from Konosuba, not just like overall, but in terms of like sexual manner, it's Megumin. And I don't understand why because she's 16 so all this has really led me to believe is that people who enjoy anime the vast majority of them are pedophiles and that makes me upset <laughs> i don't know how else to explain it honestly like does how let's hear your opinion on this like am i wrong in thinking this because honestly i would love to be proven wrong because it makes me feel really bad that i think like oh you watch konosuba who's your favorite girl and they go megamine and i immediately go pedophile like, am I wrong? Uh, <laughs> Let me hear your thoughts. I'll just say one thing. It's just a drawing. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Calm down, son. It's just no. a drawing. No. <laughs> it's weird. It's fucking weird. Uh, uh, you know why he's... Like whatever they want. You know why he's saying it's just a drawing, chat? Because Refixix's favorite is Mega Me. <laughs> Uh, yes, it actually is. Yeah! Ah! <laughs> but in that case, you're also biased to yours, so... Yes, but I've not once have I watched an anime where the lolly has been my favorite for sexual purposes. <laughs> not once, and I could say that truthfully and honestly. I have, um... I have enjoyed lolly's characters... Like, their overall persona and their character, I think, is great. But in terms of, like, when I want to buy fan art and I ask for lolly fan art because it's sexually attractive towards me, that's fucking weird. And no, I don't do that. But every other, <laughs> every other person seems to do that. And I just don't uh... understand why. I think so. you need to see what Sushi is saying. Okay, but Sushi, but Sushi says, Hi, Kiss Anime is the best. It's short for Lollycon. Okay, well, it's still Lolly. I was about to say, boy, if you were going to call Aqua a Lolly, no, Aqua's not a Lolly, uh, because Megamine is great. It's, uh, overall pers personality, sure. She makes some awkward choices, but sure. And then I will not, I will not sit and be called a pedophile by a pony fucker. That's hilarious, <laughs> considering I've never been sexually attracted to any of the young ponies, Sweetie Belle or um, Scootaloo or what was the other one? Sweetie Belle, Scootaloo, 
There's a third one. I can't remember the fucking third one's name is. Don't uh, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all the younger ponies, I have never, ever been sexually attracted. Actually, let me be clear. I've never been sexually attracted to any of the ponies. That's weird. <laughs> I like that. It's just like, wait a second. I've Hold on. Yeah, this is going to be painted wrong for me. No, I have, I have never... I'm going on record here. I have never been sexually attracted to any of the My Little Ponies ever. Also, welcome to the podcast, Connor Wood. How are you doing? <laughs> How about we uh, go to a different uh, different conversation? Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for the follow, Con follow, Connor Wood. I'm so happy that you showed up. It was like... I was like, I want to know what this podcast is all about. Click. I have never been sexually attracted to the My Little Ponies. Yeah, I'm following this podcast. Click. There we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is amazing. So, and any of the young ponies? Okay. Any of the ponies overall, I have never been sexually attracted to. I'm not sexually Good. attracted to ponies, that's, all right? That, that's. I'd say that's even weirder. <laughs> However, the My Little Pony movies where they turn into humans is a different story. Moving on! Oof. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh. Oh, moving on. Hey, Jackson, what kind of video games are you playing these days? Oh, oh my. Have I got a story for you? <laughs> are you going to talk about, I was going to say Battletoads, but not Battletoads. I've just been seeing Battle a lot of Battletoads. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of Battletoads news recently because Rare's bringing that back as a remaster. Um, oh really? That's... Yeah, yeah. They're remastering Battletoads and releasing it. I don't know when, but I know it's ongoing. They revealed that at E3. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, whatever the Battle Tech, I think it was called. Yes. Is that what you're about to talk about, or is there more stuff you're about to talk about? Uh, I was mainly going to talk about Persona because you know I'm head over heels for that game. <laughs> All right, you go ahead and talk about Persona for a little bit, and I'll just kind of sit here and. You listen to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she, she called that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to talk about it too much just because I really have already kind of gushed about it to people. But uh, number one, soundtrack, fucking amazing. Uh, number two, character progression is fantastic. Like it actually, it, it has a an aspect where you want to increase your relationship with them, not just because of what the bonuses give you but because they're actually interesting character arcs and i think that's wonderful so you probably since you haven't played a persona game it won't make much sense but basically each uh, there's people that you can spend more time with they're called confidants and as they go as their storylines go on you can reach different levels and at different levels they'll do to, uh, different abilities like uh, Yoshida, the sun confidant, he's a, a, a washed-up politician who's uh, who, who's constantly trying to he's trying to get re-elected and he's lost hundreds of times basically. It feels like, and his perks that he gives allow you to uh, do more things when you uh, are fighting shadows to get them on your side. Because that's how you get more personas, is you talk shadows into becoming one of yours. And with his thing, it goes through him finding his way to, like, finding his own way through uh, politics. And while that's happening, he's giving you different ways to use uh, ways to talk of talking with shadows. 
So I think it's great. And honestly, the combat, even though it's turn-based, which I know you're not a whole huge fan of, I think works really well. But again, play fucking Persona 5. <laughs> Money. I, it sounds generally like an interesting game, and I, I would definitely take the time to fully give it a try. But like you said, I just I have such a big gripe with turn-based games because it takes while the game is going and everything is happening and you're talking to people and such, and then the whole thing just comes to a grinding fucking halt every time you get into combat and everything stops and you have to wait and go turn by turn by turn. It's just, it's awful. I hate it so much because like you, and then once it's done and you come out and then you go back into the actual world. And you move a couple steps, turn around the corner, boom, you're in combat again, and then it goes into combat, and it's turn by turn by turn. And it's just, it's so, it feels so grindy to me, turn-based combat in games like that. It's just annoying. The only games I've been able to get by on, get past the turn-based combat kind of thing is Pokemon, because it's Pokemon. But even so, like, even so, like, I have Pokemon, um... The fuck is it called? Pokemon uh, P Let's Go Pikachu for the Switch. It's an enjoyable game. The only time I've ever been playing that game is when I've gone to Cal Tire and got my tires changed over from winters to summers or summers to winters, and I literally have nothing else to do. Or I had to go to the walk-in clinic and get my uh, clinical information for work, and I just sit there, and I figured, you know what, I could sit on my phone, or I could sit and play my Switch while I'm in the waiting room. That is the only time I've ever played those games, or that game. I don't play it at home because it's just grindy and I hate the start, stop and start type of combat. And then uh, Mario, uh, Mario Legend of the Thousand Year Door, which I was curious. I'm going to look that up while you talk a little bit more. I want to know if that's on the Switch because if that's on the Switch, I would love to play it again. If it's not, then I guess it's gone forever and I will never play it again. Which would suck. Unless, I would expect it's not. Probably uh, not. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some old games have been made for the Switch or something. I don't know. Otherwise, I mean, there's some that I probably have, but otherwise, uh, then I have to go yeah. and freaking get either a Wii or a GameCube and find a copy of it and play it that way, or do emulator stuff, which I just don't want to do. I'm actually super tempted to get an emulator for uh, Persona Three and Persona Four, just because I really like the game style and I want to know what those stories entail. Could just watch it. They look fantastic. Could just watch a playthrough on YouTube. Save nope. you a whole save you a whole lot of money. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to uh see if I can get a PS Vita, because that's actually what uh the remaster of well I wouldn't say remaster, but extended version of three and four are. Uh, Persona 3 FES and Persona 4 Golden. Ah. And Persona 5 Royal is coming out next year. Yeah, I don't know what any of those are about or entail. I don't know if those are just DLCs or stuff. I don't know. It's basically a, an extended version. So they add okay. a whole bunch of things. They add like more time. Like Persona 3, uh, 4. Persona 5 is one school year. And that's it. But with Persona 5 Royal, it's giving an, a, an entire, like, half a year. It's the whole fucking course. <laughs> yep. Persona 5, one year of your schooling. Persona 5 Royal, all of college. 
eh, that would be cool, but probably not. That would take forever. Good lord. But yeah, they add like more confidants, more battles, like more everything. I see. More story. Like, fuck. I can't wait. I'm so freaking hyped for it. <laughs> it's like next year. Do they, do <laughs> they have a bad. date sometime or do they just said 2020? Uh, I think it's just 2020 right now. Ah. Uh, but I'm going to look it up because. So, the P5 Royal release date. Uh, says 2019, but that's a lie. Okay. I I, I hope it's 2019. That'd be fantastic, <laughs> but I'm not hopeful. That's hoping, <laughs> that's hoping for a little too much. I think so. Yes. <laughs> that's fair. Well, I'll be excited for you when it comes out, but I will not be playing it. Or I might. I don't know. Probably not. I eventually would will get Persona 5 and give it a shot when I have expendable money, but I don't because the indie. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I was gonna say your Kraken says otherwise. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, that, hey, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That miniature is beautiful. <laughs> Doesn't even refute it. Just it fucking awesome. It's I fucking mean, great. Yeah. It's fucking great, and it. I'm so happy I got it, and. I don't know if I told you this or not, but that Kraken is part of Storm King's Thunder. Yes. I okay. Know. Yeah, I told you about that. I was like, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't just get it because I wanted a Kraken figure. Well, that's part of it. But I couldn't. <laughs> yes, but actually, no. I couldn't justify spending that much money on the Kraken figure just for myself. It has some use. Whether it will come into play or not, I don't know. It completely depends on what you guys do. You could potentially never even meet this Kraken through the entire course of this adventure. I doubt it because I I may just be an evil DM and just fucking and just fucking shoehorn it in because reasons. And it's super cool and interesting. But we'll have to wait and see. But I I got it because. Yes, I want it, and I will 100% be using it in my own homebrew campaign that I'll eventually do, the nautical one. And mm -hmm. if if something happens where your party comes across an area that that Kraken is going to be at, I want the fucking miniature. I don't want to be pulling out like some, some big giant base miniatures, because they're the only ones that have the same base size, or even roughly the same base size, and just use little miniatures as tentacles. Like, sure, we could use theater of the mind, just believe these are tentacles, and this is the head and everything, but fuck that, when you can just use the real goddamn thing. So, yeah. That's why I got it. <laughs> That's my reasoning. I'm sticking to it. That's the same reason I got one type of every giant. So that every mm -hmm. time you guys come across these giants, I don't just have to put in another frost giant and say, this is a stone giant. Or take a fire giant and be like, this is a storm giant. Nah, nah, son. I am have one of every single giant type. With the exception... The only exception being storm giants. I have one storm giant, and I don't want to use him if you guys have to fight a storm giant because he's a very, 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 very important NPC, and I don't want to use him randomly while you guys are fighting a storm giant. You go, that guy looks really badass, and I go, well, that's because it's King Hecaton, the king of storm giants and everything, and you're fighting King Hecaton now. Like, I don't want to do that. So, spoilers. Oh, Hecaton. <laughs> Hilarious. And he weighs a heck a ton. 
because he's 26 feet tall and king of storm giants. And if you're king he's of storm giants, boy. if you're the king of the storm giants, you're king of all giants. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a big guy. I can't wait till we fight him. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> Still in fire sheer. Still in fire sheer. <laughs> But it honestly wouldn't surprise me if we're still in Fireshire by the end of tomorrow. Honestly, I I don't think that's what's going to happen. I have I always have my idea of what I think is going to happen to your guys's party. Um, sometimes. And how often has it been right? <laughs> A couple times. Uh, like I knew you guys were going to fight the giants at Bryn Shander. I knew you guys were going to leave Bryn Shander and do some of the quests because you had no other choice. Um. <laughs> And reasons. And reasons. I knew you guys were going to go to Huddlestone. As much as you guys hate Beldora, I knew you were going to go to Huddlestone anyways because Beldora was just interesting. Was, was, it was closest, but it also it was the easiest quest to finish. Like, you got the couple of quests. Fin- finish. Technically, it is finished. Beldora, the only thing Beldora asked was that you go to Huddlestone and you talk to her, um, her friend at Huddlestone. That was all she asked of you. You did that. You, you were given more to do, but that wasn't by Beldora. That was by the guy in Huddlestone whose name I can't even remember. So technically, as far as you guys are aware and as far as the Codex is concerned, that quest is done. It says, go to Huddlestone, talk to the dude, get the, get the spring-loading walking dog. Quest is complete. You did that. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then you guys just have to go to Iron Shear, get reinforcements for Bryn Shander, which will be stu- Iron Master. Iron Master, sorry. Which will be stupidly fucking easy unless for some reason you fuck it up. It, it's gonna happen. What I, what it's I, gonna fucking happen. I'm what, sorry. I don't know how you could. It literally, all she said was go to Iron Master, stand outside at one of the pillars with their logo, and wait for someone to come talk to you. You will not be allowed in. It's a dwarf-only city. Not one of you is anywhere near a dwarf. Like what do none you of you mean. I'm close. None of you. Chuck. Eight hundred. <laughs> what are you? Six foot eight. Fucking eight hundred pound robot. Sure. <laughs> but like none of you are anywhere near that. Like who's uh... the, the shortest? The shortest person in your group is key. As the shortest person, mm-hmm. everyone else is standard height, with the exception of you, of course. I'm, I'm a big boy. Yeah, <laughs> we put up with this. <laughs> so none of you are getting into Iron Master, and honestly, like, don't metagame this. But there's no reason for you guys to go into Iron Master. It's Iron Master is just like Fire Shear. It's a mining city. It's not a town, however. It is a city, but it is a mining city. That's it. That is all they do. They mine resources, they ship them off to some of the other 10 towns, and they get rewards and benefits back, like gold, foods, and means of living. That is it. So We're going to fuck it up somehow. I'm some, sorry. I really hope not. Honestly? Yeah, we, don't need a, we don't need an army of dwarfs after us. No. No, you do not. Because I don't want to handle that. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> what The biggest thing I'm very excited for to happen is I have 
this is what I think is going to happen. And again, I'm, I'm just for everyone who is listening or watching, I'm okay sharing these things with Jackson because his character, Jackson, I trust well enough not to metagame, but also his character literally can't metagame. His character is a robot following the party around, doing whatever the party wants up until his character gets a, its own high advanced intelligence. Um, but until that happens, his character is a follower and does whatever the party is doing, whatever majority of the party is doing. He cannot make suggestions or do anything. He's there as an aid. So I can share a lot of details with Jackson because his character has no way of doing it. And I trust him not to metagame. So just for everybody's knowledge. Um, but what I'm really excited about is that what my plan is what I think is going to happen tomorrow is I think Cray is going to have a confrontation with you. Or maybe not a confrontation. He's going to have a discussion with you. A conversation. You, a conversation with you. Um, over you protecting him with shocking grass, which we talked about last episode. Mm -hmm. um, he's, you guys are going to head back to Fire Shear, and I don't know who, because I don't know who has... Well, that's a lie. Bit and Cray have enough money to train to ride on the Griffins because of the platinum that they took from the Giants, or not from the Giants, that they got from the Town Masters, but they did not share with the party that they even had. So mm -hmm. bit so bit and cray 100% have enough funds to learn how to fly the griffins. Um oh, yeah. uh Pamelin does now because Rain paid for her. So Rain does not have the funds to learn how to fly the griffin. Um mm -hmm. for everybody who's listening it's 250 gold. So I don't know what's who has enough funds outside of Cray and Bit to learn how to fly a griffin. You most certainly don't. You don't have any... Oh, no. You have no funds whatsoever. You carry no funds. Also... Mm -hmm. It doesn't interest him at all. It's just metal. Pieces of metal that I can't even use. It is true. Also, I wouldn't allow you to because you're 800 pounds. You, <laughs> that griffin would buckle. So, I don't let that happen. Um, even if it did happen, I'd, I'd just have to talk about a griffin's spine snapping, which I really don't want to do. So Yeah, that might get us boycotted. Maybe. <laughs> so I don't... That only leaves... Um, that leaves... Uh, not... Uh, and Bronx. Yeah, only not in Bronx. Because Rain has no money because she gave it to Pamelin. Cray... Mm -hmm. So not Bronx, Cray, and Bit. Those four are the only ones who can learn how to fly a griffin for the next uh, couple of the, for the next three days. And it will take three days to learn. I don't know who, if any of them, is going to pay to learn how to fly the griffin. Cray might. I don't know anymore, though. He wanted to, for his own personal reasons, to find out more about Slanesh. He doesn't need to anymore because he's now defeated Slanesh. Or Nurgle. <laughs> Nurgle and Slanesh for everybody is the same character. Slanesh was the name given to Nurgle that um, the common people would associate it with, but Nurgle was Slanesh's true name. Um, but if any, um, if you don't know anything about demons or anything, demons never share what their true name is because when someone knows a demon's true name, they can then take power over them and summon them and potentially use them um, and enslave them by speaking their true name. So Nurgle's name was Slanesh. His true name was Nurgle, however, but Nurgle has now been defeated. So he, Yeah, he, he got explodified. He got explodified by Scorching Ray. So, I don't know... Uh, was it a radiant damage thing? Yeah, Scorching Ray does radiant damage. No, it does fire. Fire damage? 
Well, I don't know yeah. what he did in that. I thought it was Scorching Ray. It would have been a, a different spell. Oh, maybe. I thought I it was Scorching Ray. Either way, it was some it was some magic spell that Bit used that just obliterated him um, with a crit amount of damage. Woo, it was too much. Too, too Spicy. much. Spicy. It was way too much. Um, but anyways, so I don't know who's going to learn how to fly the other two griffins, if anyone's going to learn how to fly the two griffins. Cray, I don't see has any reason to anymore, because he was only going to do it just so he could go to one of the magic people that he knows and learn about Nurgle, but he doesn't have to do that anymore. So I don't know if he still wants to learn how to fly the griffin. Um, Pamlim's already doing it. She has her own reasons, of course. Not, I don't know if she... Well, I think Not would like to learn just for the sake of learning. I don't think she mm -hmm. has any particular reason unless she wants to take the Griffins to Luskin to look for Valentine. But she doesn't even know that Valentine's in Luskin. Every other party member knows that Valentine's in Luskin except for Not. So unless someone tell <laughs> unless someone tells Not that Valentine went to Luskin, I don't know what purpose she would have for learning the griffin. I think she might just want to do it just for the sake of doing it. Bronx, I think, is in a similar field of he would just wants to learn how to fly the griffin for the sake of learning. But now Bronx also has a little bit... I have to retcon some stuff, by the way, at the start of next session. Um, because I misunderstood... Not Gauntelgrim. <laughs> no, no, no. It still, still involves Gauntelgrim. I've already put too much work into Gauntelgrim to completely devolve all that stuff. But... Um, I misunderstood what his patch was and that he does have a logo for his patch. So I've had to rework a couple things of what the dwarf will say to him. The logo that mm. the, the logo that he shows the dwarf is not the logo for Gauntelgrim. Okay. It is it is gonna be the logo of of um, a bunch of dwarves who went rogue years ago and, and they were originating from Gauntelgrim. Okay. Because in Cray's, in Bronx's backstory, if uh, I won't share the whole thing, but in Bronx's backstory, he found that patch. Well, he didn't find the patch. The patch was n lying next to his egg when he was hatched, and then someone took him in under their wing, and uh, I th it was a I think it was a bronze dragonborn that raised him under his wing. And when he was old enough, the the dragonborn had told him that this patch was lying next to your egg in an, a in a destroyed. Um, town completely annihilated and I don't know what it means but it, it's yours so Bronx now then after after the old dragonborn died he moved on and lived with a bard who raised him and that's why Bronx is now a bard because he was raised by a bard and the bard had told him that that logo belonged to a bunch of dwarves who had gone rogue and they'd started just killing people but he doesn't know if that was left by the dwarves or if it was left by someone of his town to help find the dwarves. He doesn't know. But now he, every dwarf that Bronx comes across, he shows the logo to them and asks if they know it. That's why in Nightstone he showed it to, um, whatever his name, I think it was Markham or something like that. <laughs> that guy. Um, and, and Markham had no idea. Because he only lives in Nightstone and grew up in Nightstone, and Nightstone's far away from everything. So, but so I have to retcon a little bit, because I didn't know I I had read about the Dwarven Rogues, but I didn't understand that the patch belonged to them. That was something I wasn't aware of. So I will have to retcon that at the start and just say, Gauntelgrim is the place where this logo is normally found. 
associated with a bunch of dwarves who went rogue. But it's not the logo of Gauntlegrim. So, Gauntlegrim, still in effect. Just a slight change in what the dwarf will say. So I'll have to tell Bronx that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah, I'm assuming it will be. It will be because that's what you said. Damn right, it will be because what I say is law! Um, Sushi says, sounds like a place to steal some shit. Gauntlegrim? No. <laughs> no, that was a while ago. Oh, okay. Never mind. Gaunt- uh, Iron Master, I believe, is what he was talking about. Oh. <laughs> I gotcha. Also, no. <laughs> also, no. <laughs> um, man, Gauntlegrim is such... Such an interesting place. Oh, I also have to retcon the thing. I think I had told him that yak folk live around Gauntlegrim. I have to completely retcon that. That was a completely wrong area that I was thinking about when I told him that. There are no yak folk anywhere near Gauntlegrim. <laughs> so, I just have to purge that from his brain. You guys are throwing around a bunch of names around. I have no idea who or what these places are. Sorry, uh, Sushi and anybody listening. We're talking about d- uh, D&D now, obviously, but the places we're talking about are um, places along the Sword Coast uh... Yeah, it's just called the, the Sword Coast within Faerun of the Forgotten Realms. That's the D&D universe. So, Gontogrim is an is a very, very cool place. And it's really upsetting how little Storm King's Thunder tells you about Gontogrim. Because when you look up Gontogrim online and you start like looking into it and the history about it and the research, holy shit. It's crazy it's fucking oh there's so Whack. much it's wild <laughs> Gauntlegrim is wild Gauntlegrim whack <laughs> like you guys you guys think you're having fun in Fireshear Fireshear is a tiny tiny fucking mining settlement Gauntlegrim is, is where it's at Gauntlegrim is where it's at and I'm really, well, there are so many things I'm excited about in terms, like, I'm excited for so many things. I'm excited for when the party eventually meets Valentine, how that's all going to go down. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for what the party is, if the party goes to Luskin, what they're going to do in Luskin overall, regardless if Valentine is in Luskin or if he isn't in Luskin. I'm just really excited because you guys could get a boat in Luskin. You guys could go to the host tower and learn about magic in Luskin. You could just decide, fuck Luskin and go straight through without doing a single thing. I'll be very disappointed because I've put so much work into Luskin. But whatever. (laughs) You do what you want and a DM just adapts and goes with it. As is, I'll just tear up the papers and throw them away. <laughs> and you're so ready to do your best pirate expression. Oh, you have no idea. I'm so excited. Oh, I know. Uh, I know you. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I was actually going, ironically, I was going through my pirate expressions at work, just kind of like on my own when there's no passengers around. That's that's what I do constantly. I, I While there's no passengers around and I'm by myself like on a line or something, I'll just kind of mutter to myself like random NPC things and try to come up with different voices because I noticed, and I didn't think anyone else would notice, but clearly everybody else noticed, that my dwarf, my my dwarf, my and my snigbat are very similar. And, and it's hard. Well, sorry, no, no, no. Yeah, the halfling I made, like, Irish or something, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Or it was something like, a, like, like they, they talking to the, the, the halfling, and he was like, You're fucking what, hey? 
Well, shit, mate. That's like, or what the fuck was I talking about? Like, right. Well, you see, we got we got some copper up in here, fella, and then we went out down to the town. You see, and like that that was kind of like my halfling was like fucking <laughs> leprechaun. So yeah, but and then my dwarf was like, well, you want some iron? I have some. I have some climbing gear, and the climbing gear is a bit used, you see. But um, you you can use it with uh, with a little bit of ability checks, kind of thing. And, like that's my dwarf. But those are like that's my one voice for dwarf and my one voice for halfling, and it's very mm -hmm. hard for me to make subtle changes to these voices for different halflings or different dwarfs or different humans and such like that. So. And then with Snigbat, who of course was a goblin, and Snigbat, hey, you see, you, you want to go over here and you're, you're going to fucking write off and then they're going to fucking do this thing and it's, it's just a whole fucking No, you had this. a different voice for Snigbat. It was different than that? Because I thought it was just high-pitched yeah, kind your, of... It hurt, it, it hurt your voice to do. Yeah, well, it hurt my voice because I was fucking going really hard at it. Like, it, just, it got a little bit of a grovel into it. And it's like, you went over to the sea, and there's a black pudding thing in the corner there. And we went over there, and we tried we tried to kill him, but the black pudding swallowed me whole, you see. And it, it pulled me in, I fucking just got annihilated kind of thing. It was, it was the back of the throat, top of the mouth kind of voice. Just vibrating mm -hmm. constantly, and it hurts. And like, you do a dwarf, dwarf is like, it's, it's down here in the belly, and it's very, very much kind of throat chest area, you know, deep and solemn kind of thing, and stuff like that. So you change where the where you're emanating from. But, but, but mainly what I'm trying to say is that I'm running out of voices to do for these NPCs, and there, a lot of the voices are starting to sound the same. And then, like, Matt, or, or not Matt, uh, Mike and Sky will be like, that's, that's the same voice for Snigbat, or that's the same voice of, like, um, Markham from Nightstone or something. And it hurts so much, because <laughs> I want there to be a difference, and I want every one of these NPCs that you meet to have a personality of their own, like, they're real characters, they're real people with their own personalities, but it's so hard to do different things, because I have one until, until you played Zephyros. That's gonna be a unique yeah. one. <laughs> and well, Zephyros, Zephyros was a fucking character all of his own, but there's there's no but like it's e see that's the thing though it's very easy for me to make drastic changes to outrageous characters. Snigbat, drastic. That's like your forte. That is my forte, of course. But it, it's impossible then when I try to go subtle differences. It's so hard, like. Fucking Zephyros, welcome! How are you? This is my tower, and we're gonna fly off to Prince Ander and find some wonderful things over there, you see? Like, it's very easy to be Zephyros, and it's very easy to be Snigbat. But then, let's pr let's say you go into town, you find a you find a pirate. For example, here's a here's here's like a pirate, like just a flat out regular pirate kind of thing. Yar matey, what are you be having? Well, you see, I've I've been out on the ocean for my millennia years. My crew is the crew of the shallow waters, and we've been sinking ships for days and weeks out here. But it's so similar to Snigbat. Because it's the same kind of, like, scrunched-up, guttural, like, it's kind of voicely. <laughs> I think the way you counter that is maybe have something of the same, but just change the way you talk. Like, your vocabulary, the way the grammar goes together, like, the way they make sentences. I know it's a very, very difficult, just because that's it's not the way you think, but mm. that might be the way to do it. It might, it very much, very well might be. 
Um, and I could, I could have, I could of course try that. Um, the big thing for me is that I don't want every single, because it's not realistic, I don't want every single main character you guys meet to be the most outrageous in voice and in character versus everything else. Because that's just not realistic. Like, mm -hmm. Snigbat, outrageous and very different. Zephyros, outrageous and very different. But that doesn't mean that if and when you guys meet Valentine, it's going to be outrageous and very different. He could be a normal guy with a normal voice or something. But that's also, like, even if I choose, he he's, he doesn't have a normal voice. I have a voice for Valentine when you guys do meet him. Um, Is it something like... Tarlin's voice. <laughs> no, that's, this is the thing. And again, I'm okay sharing this with you because you can't metagame. And if any of my players from SKT are watching this, like fucking Kendra or Mike, I fucking trust you, assholes. <laughs> Kendra knows about the podcast. Mike is aware of the podcast now that we talked about it in Facebook, but I don't think he knows how to get to it or anything. But if any of you assholes are watching this, <laughs> get especially, especially you, Kendra. Especially you, because this pertains directly to you. No matter gaming. Valentine is not who you guys think. He is not... When you think of the name Valentine, you think of a very suave, like, rose petals and long, like, tip of the hat kind of, like, very suave, oh, like a charisma of 20 character. When you think of Valentine. By Valent just the name, yes. Yeah, by just the name, that is the kind of character that comes to mind. Valentine is not like that. Nice. So, I like it. So, which is why I'm very, very interested to see what happens if and when you guys meet Valentine. Because, you like, some of you may know it's Valentine right out of the gate. Some of you might not even know it's Valentine off the gate because it's just not who you picture as Valentine. It, and some of us just don't care. And some of you just won't <laughs> care at all. It's one of those it's it's one of those characters that I've created that I don't want Again, I try to be realistic with everything because like yes, this is a fantasy game with fantasy tropes. You guys are the heroes and the adventurers killing evil things. But that's too easy. Excuse me, that's too easy. There's no depth to doing that. There is mm -hmm. depth when it becomes real like when you meet someone and you think they're a great person and you want to help them and then later on you discover maybe they did something terrible like I don't know they they shat in your water bucket and didn't tell you and you drank it like that's, who knows Oddly specific uh, who knows I will be wary of any buckets <laughs> there's a couple buckets around the corner uh DM are they full <laughs> <laughs> they're full of shit is what they are no <laughs> but like just it does something terrible and you don't find out for much much later and maybe even this person's been traveling with you and helping you in fights now all of a sudden and then you discover Holy shit, I feel really, really sick. Oh yeah, that's right, I shat in your water bucket, I wasn't- I didn't want to go in the woods. How do you then feel about this character? What does that do to you? What is- how do your emotions change? Do you just kind of like shrug it off? 
because they've been helping you out or do you kind of like confront them about it and potentially ruin a friendship or do you just say I, I want to start combat and I attack and write outright and just disregard everything that's been leading up to it like these are important things it's not just this is the bad guy this is the good guy sometimes the good guys are bad guys or sometimes the bad guys are good guys one one phrase I love so much and it really, really helps with storytelling and story writing the 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 boss or the the villains no no one ever sees themselves as evil mm -hmm. and that's something so important to me is that every person has their reasons for doing things they don't do things just for the sake of doing things everyone has even if they're chaotic evil which don't they're not lawful or anything they still have their reasons and their reasons to them are just and mm -hmm. good. So when the Frost Giants came to Fireshear and they said, we are taking this town, you can either choose to let it happen or we'll fight you. To you guys, that's fucking terrible. That is awful. To the Frost Giants, however, maybe they are losing their homeland and they know they won't get any homeland for free to set up camp themselves. So they try to be diplomatic and they go, we're going to take this town. You can choose to fight us or you can choose to just accept it. To you guys, it seems bad. To them, it seems like survival. I'm not saying that's why they did that at all. Mm -hmm. But just potential. That is how they think. Va and then Valentine as well. You guys all know, based on what Beldora and I think somebody else might have. Who did you all talk to about Valentine? You talked to Beldora. Oh, and then Bronx and Kray talked to the changeling outside of um, the inn. I think mm -hmm. it was just I think it was just Bronx and Cray that talked to the changeling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't all of us. Okay. So but majority of you have talked to either Beldora or the Changeling about Valentine and have learnt that Valentine is not someone to go up against. He is ve he's very prominent in Bryn Shander. A lot of people know about him and get very serious when they talk about him, and they and you guys know that he hunts changelings. That is all you guys know. So from, of course, Knot's perspective, this is a terrible person because she is a changeling. This is not a good guy. But Valentine might have his own reasons for hunting changelings. Why would someone strictly only hunt changelings? There has to be a reason to it. And to Valentine, that reason could be just. To everyone else, it could be horrid. But to him, it's just. I guess that, we'll find out. I, you'll have to find out. But that's just... This is one of the things, and also, this is one thing I want to mention when we start tomorrow, because I think people are kind of forgetting that they can do this, and I want to make sure people know they can do this, because the majority of the fights you guys have been having so far have been strictly with giants, so it's totally fair that you guys aren't doing this with giants, even though you could. When you're in combat, and you drop someone to zero hit points, you don't have to kill them. You can, you can say, I'm going to make this attack non-lethal. I want to try to knock them out. And then you can do that. I don't think people know they can do that. Because there's going to come a time. I'm not going to say when, but there's going to come a time when you guys are going to get into combat. And it is highly in your best interest to not kill said thing. Just maybe knock them unconscious and tie them up and question them later. It'd be super beneficial to you guys to do that. But I need to make sure the party understands that's an option. And I'm mm -hmm. very worried that even if I say that's an option, all right, cool, thank you. Whew. Over their heads. 
I mean, I, I could see Cray not caring. No, that's that's not true. That's not I could true. see Cray. I could see Cray doing that. I could see Bronx potentially doing that. Mm. Uh, Bit is iffy. Bit is iffy. And Bit hasn't liked any of the NPCs that you guys have come across yet. So. Yeah. Uh, Nibs 100% will probably kill. Uh, unless N- Nibs not. unless Nibs unless told to. Most likely by not. All of you guys can talk to Nibs, not through speak with animals, well, unless you can cast speak with animals. But but Nibs responds to all of you. He he understands common. He can't speak it, but he understands it. So he has the potential to respond to all of you. I may have, if any of you wants to communicate with Nibs, I may have you guys make animal handling checks just for the sake of it. Maybe with advantage because you guys have been traveling together. But like, if not says something to Nibs, there's no check. He does it because mm-hmm. of their shared backstory that none of you know maybe you know i think i told you about it oh yeah i know it yeah you know it wayfinder, i know it wayfinder has Wayf- no Wayf- wayfinder has no idea but jackson knows it so yeah so, yes. so yeah unless told otherwise by either one of you guys successful animal handling check or not herself nibs will kill whatever you guys are fighting mm-hmm. uh not i think has the most depending on what it is has the most uh uh, mercy, I'd say, depend if the your need arises. Yeah. Oh, oh I mean, she's I don't the know. One, I'd say she's most likely to do so. Not is the most likely to attempt to knock something in unconscious instead of kill it. The one yes. who led the charge against robbing a bank. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I believe. Given the situation, I think anybody at that table could decide to knock a character unconscious or a creature unconscious instead of kill it. It's just, and that's not what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is that they'll forget that that's a thing they can do. Because mm-hmm. if if they say, like, if let's say um, Pamelin, she fires an arrow. She said, all right, I'm going to shoot him. And I've already said, like, this, this character is freaking knocking on death door like he is limping he looks like he can't even grip his weapon anymore and and Pamela just goes okay I'm gonna fire your arrow 27 hits alright and uh 7 points of damage how do you want to how do you want to how, how does it die uh, and, she, and she's just kind of like I don't know an arrow just like straight through his throat or something and I go oh, okay cool and then as it topples over and dies everyone's like alright cool I'm gonna go loot the body, and then suddenly, not even Pamlin, but like I don't know, Bit goes. Wait, didn't we want to keep him on, uh, like unconscious? Too late. Like mm-hmm. if if moments are close enough, I'll allow changes. Like if she rolls her attack, and then she rolls damage, and I go, how do you, how does it die? At that moment, she can decide. Uh, can I can I not kill it instead? I'll go. Sure. How do you want to knock it unconscious? But if I go, how does it die? She explains how it dies, and then I say it dies, and then combat is over. And then someone suddenly goes, wait, we want to keep it unconscious? You snooze, you lose. You fucked up. What happens, happens. What happens is, and what is, happened. Uh, you could potentially, if that wanted to be the case, have them make, uh, like, death saves. Depending on what depending on what the creature is, some yes. some creatures in this campaign and um, ones I've made have um, um, unconsciousness and can make death saves. Not all yeah. of them. Like frost giants, as you guys are aware of now, do not have death saves. Most won't. 
most won't. There, are, there is a select few. If named. I can remember, the select few named ones I think that I can remember that have the ability to go unconscious and make death saves. Most of them do not, though. Most of them will just if they hit Harshnag. zero. Harshnag. Yes, Harshnag is one of them. <laughs> that's another thing. That's sorry. I know we've kind of gone over time here, and I've kind of taken over again. But that's one thing I want to bring up real quickly before we end the podcast here. Harshnag. For those of you who don't know, again, Mike or Kendra or anybody else from the stream from the game, if you guys are watching this, hush. Harshnag, when he is introduced to the party, he will become a traveling companion with you guys. He will be part of the party, which oh. will. I thought I told you that. You never said that. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. When Harshnag is introduced to the party, he will be a traveling companion. For. For some time. Not throughout the entirety of the campaign. He does have to go off and do his own stuff eventually. But for a large majority of the campaign, he will become a traveling party member. However, this is one thing Mike asked me about, and I said no. Mike asked if I would ever make an NPC that I could play as that traveled with the party. So it wouldn't really be an NPC. It'd be like my character. So I'm DMing, but I'm also a player Mm -hmm. with the party. Because some players, some DMs will do that. They'll have a party member that travels with the party that they play. So they can play as well. I don't believe in doing that. If I'm the the DM, yeah, we've been over that. Uh, Just just for the stream and for the podcast. When I am the DM, there's no reason for me to make a player character. Because I already, I am the world. I decide everything. I decide how NPCs react, how enemies react, how the environment reacts, how the world reacts. I am in charge of everything everything the players are in charge of one thing their character and that is it and like things immediately to their character like the horses they're riding and like stuff like that but in terms of like overall scope i already have control of so much i don't need to then take away from the experience of the players and insert myself into playing alongside with them as well no need to do that i know some dms Mm -hmm. do that but i see no reason to do that as it takes away from the party now Harshneg doesn't it does not say how Harshneg works for Storm King's Thunder if the party plays him if the DM plays him or if he's just an animated PC that does his own stuff he has a stat block however it's a very nice stat block um, <laughs> but my thing though is when Harshneg gets introduced into this game I don't know if I should play Harshneg technically the way that it's designed I would think the DM would take control of Harshnag because I have to I have to roleplay Harshnag and I have to decide what he says and what he does. However, in terms of combat, I don't know if I should be playing Harshnag or if I should give Harshnag's character sheet, essentially her stat sheet, to a player. I think you should take control of him in that case. Do you think I should because have control of Harshnag? You think I should have control of Harshnag at all times, combat yeah. and RP? That's what I would do. Okay. I Because it just makes the most sense because you have the, what Harshnag should or should not do in, in any given case more than any of us characters. Any of us players. That is true. I don't I don't know. It's 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 hard for me though, because then it's if I'm playing Harshnag, I'm playing against myself, really. I'm deciding what Harshnag is going to do to this creature that you guys are in combat with, and then I immediately have to go to that creature and decide what it's doing against Harshnag. It's like playing chess against yourself, and that seems odd. Uh, 
yeah, if you want, you can just have it all up to rolls of like, hey, which one is he going to target? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Or like, would it make sense for Harshnag to do this? And if it's a yes, then do it. If it, if it doesn't make sense, then don't. That's actually, hold on. Let me just thought something. Something just came to mind, actually, while I was thinking about Harshnag. I want to look back at his description. Because I think, actually, in regards to combat, I have forgotten something pretty pivotal about... Pretty pivotal. Piv... The fuck is that word I'm looking at? Pivotal? 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 Something like that? Pivotal. Something very important about Harshnag in regards to combat, I think. Um... Yeah, Harshnag in play. Harshnag tries not to dominate combat if it means making his smaller compatriots feel inferior. He doesn't want to be seen as a show-off. He can reduce his combat effectiveness in the following ways. He makes one attack on his turn instead of two. He uses the help action to aid a character's next attack against a foe. He does nothing on his turn except taunt an enemy who might otherwise attack a creature. Assume the effort is successful and the target switches its attention to Harshnag, unless the character insists on being the target of that threat. Hmm. Yeah. So, I guess in that regard... You could do all three? I could do all three. To. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I never really thought about it. If that's how Harshnag is meant to be played, that's how his character is made, now it's very easy to play him in roleplay. Because now mm -hmm. I'll just have him stick to characters that are in danger and then just either try and taunt or use the help action. Or only make mm -hmm. one attack instead of two. Unless shit yep. starts to get really out of hand and like two players are down, maybe Harshnag will then be like, alright, well you fucking puny weaklings. And start using both his <laughs> both his attacks or something. But man, Harshnag's such a dope character. I'm so excited for when you guys meet him. It won't be for a while though. No, it won't. Not but until he... backstory shit is done. Pretty much. I I could I could technically Like I said, I have to do the the two featured encounters, I have to do Old Tower and I have to do Harshnag before you guys can move on to chapter four, uh the chosen yeah. path. Um The Old Tower I can do at any point, which I've said. Harshnag I technically can't. I could change it a little bit and have Harshnag introduced earlier and help have him help out in finishing one or two backstories, one backstory for sure, potentially two backstories, and then go with him. Essentially, it could be like introduction and then like, you help me, I help you kind of situation. Because the way it's meant is that he shows up and goes, come with me now. And the party just goes because they've at this point finished the quests they were given from either Brinshan or Golden Fields or Tribor. Yeah. So I could potentially, if I wanted to, have him introduced early. So, yeah, that's up to you. I don't know. If you think that's a good plan. It could it could be. I don't know. I have to I have to see where it's going. You guys are already fucking strong as shit already. What do you mean? What I mean that you guys have breezed through two encounters that were considered deadly and you breezed through them. Nurgle Trust the me, we're going to have we're going to have some shit go on and it'll be like oh this is difficulty we all fucking die <laughs> i don't it's gonna that. fucking happen nurgle was supposed to be a deadly encounter fire shear was supposed was. to be a deadly encounter it wasn't it wasn't 
And what do you mean Nurgle almost was? Not a single one of you went unconscious. One HP. Cray oh, almost, dick. but still, not <laughs> one of you went unconscious. And then Fire Shear. I don't think anyone went unconscious of Fire Shear either. I think we lost one barbarian dude. That's it. One berserker. Yeah, yeah you lost one berserker, but that's none of your players. Nope. No, that's not true. Didn't not go unconscious? I think not went unconscious because Cray ended up using one of his health potions, didn't he? I'm not sure, actually. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but either way. I could be too. <laughs> either way, I don't remember there ever being, like, the scariest encounter, I think, for everybody. Like, everyone's, if I asked everyone what's been the scariest encounter so far, I feel like people are going to say Nurgle. Just because it was a demon coming out of the ground and it was just this massive ordeal especially for oh Clay. yeah and remember that time wayfinder died yes but <laughs> he he wasn't he didn't die he would he was he was uh, uh yes, yes, his, yes. he was not so you can't really say that he was knocked out of service we, you can't say we haven't had our fair share okay but i no. guess recently our fights have been quite yeah, recently no, you guys, definitely. your fights have not been that outrageous. So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I if I asked, Players. yeah, if I asked everybody, <laughs> like, what's been the most deadliest encounter for all of you so far? I feel like the most people are gonna say has has been Nurgle. And then when I look at mm. things and I go, what has been the deadliest encounter so far? And I look at it, I would go either the orc storming nightstone where Wayfinder quote unquote died, <laughs> or Bryn Shander, because you guys lost two NPCs there that you guys are supposed to keep alive. Not my fault. <laughs> I'm not saying it was your fault, but it was a bad it was a bad thing. Those were two quest lines that are just whoosh, into the wind now, because the characters can't give them because they died. So like mm -hmm. I would consider those two like, the most detrimental ones to you guys. Plus, yes. I remember, I don't know if you you had the camera on for Sky or not, but Sky had the most sheer panic in her face when Bryn Shander was being attacked. She was constantly terrified, and she had mentioned, like, two or three times, she was like, Torsten's going to kill my character. Like, Panlin's dying today. And <laughs> and Mike was sitting next to her, like, patting her back, being like, no, 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 don't think like that. Like, you got a bunch of stuff you can do. Like, try doing this kind of stuff and, like, helping her out. But then Sky's like, no, nah, like, Palin's dying. I'm running up to the door. And I'm like, why? Like, they're pounding at that door. That door's about to break open. And you want to stand right in front of it. Why? And she's like, it, like it, I'm, my character's going to die anyways. I'm just going to go up to the door. So that kind of, to me, for Sky, I would say it was a very deadly harsh encounter she was so yep. terrified that panlin was gonna die and then she was just accepting that panlin was gonna die and was saying fuck it i'm just gonna put panlin by the door and then mike had to reel her back and be like no 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 like don't think like that i'm gonna put my npc by the door bring panlin back and they did and that npc ended up fucking dying but, but panlin lived that's the point yeah so i don't know it's interesting there's a lot more encounters to come up a lot more a lot more RP environments that could turn into encounters or could not. Or even environments that you guys could show up to have no idea that this could even be an encounter and just treat it as like a regular RP environment unless one of you does something outrageously stupid. 
<laughs> Wayfinder. <laughs> but, Uh-oh. <laughs> but all that aside, I'm very excited for tomorrow. It's going to be mm-hmm. a short four hours. But, oh, yeah. And then we have two weeks off, which is going to suck. Bad. We've already had one week off, and we're going to have two now, which is going to really, really suck. But at the end of those two weeks, then we, then we go back into playing every single week again. Yes. Which means I have to be more on top of my notes. I've had a lot of time between sessions now. It's been like session on, session off, session on, session off, constantly. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of time to prepare notes. Now I'll be back to just a week of preparing. But most of my notes for everyone's backstories are already done. I just, excuse me, adapt and evolve and change the... As the game goes on. As the game goes on and as the character's choices go on. So, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Um, unless you have any other th- random things you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think we've, uh, are well over our one hour. <laughs> we are very much, th- we can't keep talking about D&D every podcast. This podcast is going to turn into nothing but D&D and it's also going to go over the hour every single time. Hey, but that's okay. D&D is great. D&D is great. I don't know if everyone of our listeners agrees. If you agree or disagree that D&D is great, head on over to our anchor and leave us a voice message so we play it live on stream about what you think about our podcast. And if we should continue to talk about D&D or if we shouldn't, whatever you decide, (laughs) I'm totally fair with. I totally understand if you're getting real piss and tired of us talking about D&D. However, one thing I will say, next podcast we're going to be talking about the choices that happen tomorrow because Mm -hmm. there are going to be some choices. And this is the final thing I will say, but there is a high potential chance, depending on what you guys do, that you guys will meet someone very important tomorrow. It's me. They've already (laughs) met you, but sure. There is a chance. Well, technically, technically, they haven't met me. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's true. They've met the shell of what you are. Yes. They, the very, very, like, cut and dry version. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways. <laughs> but but it will only happen if you guys do certain things. You guys could do them or you couldn't. I don't know. We would wait and see. But depending, players. On, depending on what you guys decide to do, you guys can meet someone very important tomorrow. Also, sorry, final, final note. When you guys do decide that, sure, we're going to try Bronx's backstory, or we're going to try to go into Gauntlegrim. It's going to be exciting to see how you guys decide to get to Gauntlegrim. Oh boy. Because none of you know, like, I think one of you knows, well, Bronx knows where Gauntlegrim is. Oh, wait, no, maybe he doesn't know where Gauntlegrim is. No, he doesn't know where Gauntlegrim is. You guys looked at- where Gauntlegrim is. Yes, but it, you, okay, so this was something- I know, I, I know the, the location of Gauntlegrim. Yes. This is something I didn't. This is something I didn't explain. However, though, and I, I think I'll have to do this again at the session because it will probably come up. So, on Bronx's map and your map, the location of Gauntlegrim is marked. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be there. Oh. On your maps, there should be nothing that says Gauntlegrim is here. So I will have to make that adjustment at the start of next session. Because Gauntlegrim, as far as anyone's concerned, exists in memory. It is not a location you guys can get to just by walking there. Ah. 
Oh boy. It's, again, like I've been saying, Gauntlegrim is um, in fucking outrageous place. There's so much about Gauntlegrim that you guys don't even know. Mike and I know, because Mike's read the books and is very up to date on Forgotten Realms lore. But Gauntlegrim is something else. I'm so excited for when you guys go there. If you guys do decide to go there. Or you guys could decide, fuck Bronx's backstory. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, so, remind me again when you guys... Well, I, you don't have to remind me. I'll know as soon as you guys... Yeah, Gauntlegrim's right there. And I'll be like, so... It's not. It is. Hold up. It, 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 it is there. But it's not on your maps. There's no placeholder for Gauntlegrim there. The only way you guys would be able to do that is if... You went to that dwarf again. A little bit of metagaming. If you went to that dwarf again, you went, where is Gauntlegrim and showed him the map? He may or may not be able to point out where it would be. Then you guys would know where Gauntlegrim is and you could mark it yourself on your hologram or something. But you still... Like, for example, when the drone was flying over that area, I think you guys would have passed over that area when you went from Nightstone to, to Brinchander anyways. I think Gauntlegrim was along mm -hmm. that area. I think it was. Your drone wouldn't have seen anything. Uh, it would have seen it would have seen the landscape, but it would not have seen a city or a town of any kind. So there'd been no reason to mark Gauntlegrim there. Actually, that's a good point. Now that I mention it, um, you wouldn't have any markers for any of the towns or cities that you've seen. Uh, I cross-referenced it with a map that was shown to me. Oh, okay, you did that. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that was remember that was uh, Cray that showed me the map, and I was like, "Hey, can you see this?" And I was like, "Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right." Okay, yeah, okay. So then I'll so just I have, have a 3D render of like a strip. Yes, and you have a, you have a 3D ren render of a strip, and then everything else was just flat 2D. That is right. I remember that. Except for now, yeah. Fireshear. Fireshear has been 3D rendered. Everywhere, yep. every everything from Brinchander to Fireshear. I assume your drone has just been cartographing. Mm -hmm. So that's all 3D. But yeah, so Gauntlegrim is not on either Bronx's map or your map. Or craze. Or craze. <laughs> so it's not on anybody's map. So I'll have to remember to do that. I will remember because I know it's going to come up and I'll just be like, wait, so it's not there. I know you can see it, but you can't. So <laughs> anywho, any last things you want to say before we end it for today? Nope, I'm good. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming down. Appreciate you guys chilling, relaxing, and hopefully enjoying our podcast once again. Let us know if you want more D&D talk or if you're tired of the D&D talk. Either way, I'm totally fine with it. Let us know if you want more ASMR podcasting. That's a thing we could potentially do. And we will see you guys all next week at roughly around the same time. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends. If you didn't, tell one of us. We're both on Twitter. He never uses it, but you can get a hold of us either way. And if you want to stay up to date, you can follow any of the links up up above, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon, Discord, all those places. Join us and have fun. Without further ado, everybody, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you guys all next time. Bye-bye.